0: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well as the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has other great podcasts like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson. Now, Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and, more importantly, make it work. If you like any of these topics, You definitely want to go check out the show, how to write and deliver a captivating speech, how to market yourself into a new job, how design can help and also hurt your revenue, creating a social media ad strategy that actually works. If these topics resonate with you, go check out Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Today, my guest is Kurt Sowers. Kurt is the president and founder of SoCo Group. Now, SoCo Group is a general contracting firm that offers design and build services specific to commercial upfit and interiors. Now, Mr. Sowers currently holds his general contractor's license in the state of North Carolina and has set sight on expanding his licensing across the Southeastern states. Prior to starting SoCo Group, Kurt worked professionally in the construction industry as a construction manager and project superintendent. During his tenure in the industry, Kurt has directly overseen $25 million of new construction. Now, although building could be considered the embodiment of his persona, Kurt's entrepreneurial aspirations are not limited to construction. Kurt is currently creating the fashion brand Van Owers with his aesthetically inspired and long-term friend, William. Additionally, Kurt continues to pave the road for passion projects in the entertainment industry and has an overarching theme and vision for this platform. So, We spoke about a variety of different topics. We spoke about the world of construction and development, something that Kurt is incredibly passionate about. We spoke about the steps an entrepreneur should take when starting a company from scratch. We spoke about how to make the move from solopreneur to business owner, how to hire, how to train, how to find the best talent, how to make yourself redundant. Uh, We spoke about managing work, life, professional, personal, public spotlight, and then we spoke about how to leverage your personal brand for business success. So a lot of personal branding, uh, a lot of personal branding lessons, a lot of entrepreneurial lessons, a lot of business owner lessons. Of course, Kurt is in construction, but the lessons that you can learn from his journey are applicable to any industry, any category. I hope you enjoy.
1: Bringing it back. So I guess I kind of have this ideology or this uh, idea that I think people should, you should do what you were inspired to do as a, as a kid, as a child, right? So, it, and it sounds dumb, but for me, I uh, I love Legos. I love building shit. I <laughs> <I> love <Legos. laughs> right? So I was just like, all right, well. And then uh, in my teenage years and then in college, I worked as a handyman. I built furniture. I worked in and out of almost every trade in the construction industry. And it was, it was always what kind of came natural to me. I was good at it. So, um, you know, then I veered away from that for, for a little while. And then in college too, I studied, studied construction management, civil engineering technology. So, you know, very, very, very educated on the science of construction. Um, but I definitely, you know, I steered away from it and I wanted to be like, I always thought I was like, oh, I'll be a, be a businessman as a kid. I didn't know what Businessman was right, and then as I got older, um, I realized i was like, well, this is the only thing you're actually like really good at, and, and are inspired by. I get inspired by construction and um, and the industry in itself. Um, so that's kind of why you know I have stuck with it, I guess.
0: So so yeah, you you have these like aspirations as a kid, and you have some idea of like well, mm-hmm. actually, like what lights a fire. Yeah, but. Uh, I think that a lot of people, like, when they're coming at it, so so walk me through, like, even, like, in high school, like, when did you start working in this? When did you start figuring, like, shit, like, I am actually good at this? Or is this something that you wanted to test out? Was it, like, high school? Was it college? Like, what point?
1: Yeah, it was college, just out of necessity. I mean, I put myself through college, so I was working at a car wash, and then um, a friend of my dad was a, a handyman, had a handyman business. So I apprenticed him pretty much all through college. Um, and that's where I kind of cut my teeth as far as working in different trades, because um, we did it all, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, framing, carpentry, you know, so I kind of dipped my uh, hands in, in all the different uh, divisions of construction, um, and I just kind of had a knack for it, and, and like I said, I enjoyed it. So from there, um, I was doing, uh, in college, I was studying business, and I was a terrible student, <laughs> like terrible student, so I decided, It's like, all right, let's change pace. And I I switched over to construction management and I found that I actually enjoyed learning about that. Um, so that's kind of what, what propelled me, I think, into this direction. And then like, what, like what does construction management mean? Um, yeah, broad term, right? But construction management, uh, construction is actually very, it's a very scientific industry. Um, and you, you, you cover a lot of different, um, topics and disciplines and, uh, so construction management teaches you about the different divisions, gives you a little bit of um, background uh, and, you know, structural engineering and kind of the, you know, the components that go into construction or, or yeah. into building. Um, and then as far as the, the management side of it, which I'm terrible at, to be honest, like when I was working, um, i worked for a GC for years and uh, <laughs> I was a construction manager at first. I was terrible at I'm a terrible project manager. But what I found that I was really good at, then I moved into a site superintendent. I was a great superintendent because that was when I was in the field, running the crews, getting shit built, you know, hands on. Um, so that's when I really started to, I think, excel in the industry when I
0: became a uh, site superintendent. But like when you're, if you're a site super, like mm-hmm. that's still like, if you start your own business, like then you have to figure out the business side of yeah. it. <laughs> Which is like a, it's a motherfucker. Like it's not easy, right? So that's why I think yeah. a lot of people get stuck. Mm-hmm. And when people try, like they're passionate about something, and they start, and they want to start something, and they want to figure out a way to, they're working for something. Like and they're like, oh yeah. yeah, I could totally do that, no problem. I could do what like my boss's boss's boss or the mm. founders the company could do, and they try it, and it's like not so yeah. easy. And no, that's- it's it's not
1: at all. It's it's uh, I'm a, te- I am I mean I was just telling my friends earlier, I'm a, I'm a terrible businessman, but what I am good at, I'm good at building. Yeah. Uh, and I'm good at the relationship side of it. So I'm good at getting people to uh, trust me, <laughs> to contract with me. Yeah. However, the business side is I'm, I'm definitely still working through that right now. And that is, it's, you know, it's tough, tough figuring out the, the business side of things. I mean, the back of house, keeping up with all your paperwork. Uh, there's a ton of paperwork that goes into
0: construction. So so if you start, okay, say you, so you want to start into your own business in construction. Mm-hmm. So... Like, traditional entrepreneur, I'm just thinking, like, you can bootstrap this, you build your yeah. own company with the money you saved up, or you go raise money. So, what yeah. did you do to, like, actually start your own company? <laughs> I had nowhere near enough money to start my own company. It, it
1: was kind of... I, I started my company out of... Wait, how um, much money...
0: Okay, how much money were you making as a GC? Like, before you pivoted. So, like, yeah. you're still working for somebody. How yeah. much money can you make there? I was making uh, about
1: 95 okay. as a superintendent for, for uh, commercial GC. Okay, cool. So, I was making good money. Um, and then... When the pandemic started, actually, I, uh, I I'd been thinking about branching out on my own. Okay, so it was it right. was it was in the back of my head. I've been working at that point as a superintendent for, you know, like six plus years. You know, gained a lot of experience. I I knew that I was. I mean, a site superintendent is probably the most important person on a job. They're the one who who, who gets shit done, right? So I knew that my skill set that I could take that. Um, and be successful at it if I, if I wanted to on my own. So, when the pandemic hit, uh, I was working for a company and they uh, asked to furlough me. Yeah, we were doing like commercial tire centers. They did a lot of fast food restaurants. So all their contracts dried up right when the pandemic hit, and I was like, oh. they asked to furlough me, and I was like, man, this is the, it was like the kick I needed, right? Yeah, yeah. But I only had. It's embarrassing to say like how much. I only had like 15K in the bank to start. Yeah, yeah. To start my own. Of of, like liquid cash to start my own company. And that's including like your rent and your food. Like cost of living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've just. And I just dug in and did it. And uh, I don't know how, but everything worked out. It was the relationships I had built throughout the years of being a super. Yeah. um, It was easy. I reached out to people I had built for developers and stuff when I was working for other GCs. And everybody was like everybody fed me work everybody was happy to work with me i was like hey look just getting started you know i'll do a little bit cheaper this that and yeah i mean i didn't really need or want anything for that first year i had plenty
0: of business so and so like when you first started on your own like what are the jobs you're taking you're doing the jobs like yourself uh no no i so i'm i'm a true general contractor so i subcontract out everything
1: i don't self-perform anything i i um I have supervision on it and I might do a little bit of handyman stuff at the end of a project, like touch yeah. up and stuff, but no. So I, I, uh, so construction is broken out across 52 different divisions and you have fifty-two. Ha- yeah. For, for larger scale. So right. what, what I'm doing now, I'm mainly doing commercial interiors. So I'm only dealing with, you know, maybe 12 different divisions. If that, I mean, usually I have about seven or eight subcontractors on a job. Um, so I subcontract out every component, um, of the job to different subcontractors and then I manage them,
0: you know, scope them out uh, supervise them um, and Take it to the finish line. Yeah But so if you're doing this like you're trying to so when you find your next project Like what are the things that you were thinking about when you first started like to find the first project? So what I'm trying to do is trying to like take like the, the experience that you have and yeah. then if somebody's like in this field right now Yeah What's the first action item they do like the first month? Are you reaching out to all your you're reaching out to all your contacts? Yeah are you? Are you like? Is there no issue with you taking business away from like the people that you already knew? Well, that was just it. That, it <laughs> I said I, w- I wasn't taking business
1: away from the people yeah. I was working for because they were they were much larger. So when I started off, I was just doing little renovations and additions, residential stuff. Yeah. As I was trying to formulate my plan of like wh- what kind of general contractor do I want to be, um, and that took me a while to figure out. Yeah. I, at first, I was like, well, maybe I can. So, rewind a little bit when I had. First became a super. I was building townhouses, so I built um, twenty different townhouses in and around Charlotte. Um, I'd gotten pretty good at that. So when I branched out of my own, and and then from that I moved into commercial as a super, which I loved. I love the commercial side, but it takes a lot of bankroll to, to run a yeah, commercial I figure general contractor. Like like raising money and shit. You got to figure all that.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> it's just. I mean, honestly, it's a we can get to that, but it's a it's just a balancing act. It's you know you are. A GC at times you act as a bank, so it's it's billing ahead to the owner and then you get that money and then that money passes straight through the, to the subcontractor and then you know you make your margin on top. But a lot of times, I mean, I won't pay myself till the end of a project just because I got to keep you know enough money in the account to keep the jobs flowing. So, um, but anyhow, back up. So when I was a, a super uh, building townhomes, that's what I thought initially when I started my company, I was like, well, I'll just do residential. No, I learned my lesson quick. That residential, it's it's so personal for the client. You know, they're 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 living in that house. They have a timeline that they have to meet. The budget is always dicey. You know, they're always trying to cut corners, save money. It just it's a headache, uh, especially the way I'm set up um, to, to try to run a residential general contracting company. At least as a small company, yeah. right? Um, so then, after doing a couple of residential jobs that first year. Uh, I decided that I'm going to focus on just commercial interiors. Um, no, nothing structural. If I can avoid structural, I will, can you just for liability. Explain what that means. Like- so commercial interiors, commercial outfits. So yeah. you have a lot of developers, um, especially in a city like Charlotte, very new city, right? So developers come in, they'll bu- build strip malls or they'll build skyscrapers and that's it. They usually just do the shell. And then different GCs because then they're leasing those spaces out, right? So whoever they lease it out through a restaurant or an office, whatever, then they bring in their GC to do the outfit. So that's that's the that's the market that I'm targeting right now. Just commercial interiors, commercial outfits, because I just think it's a it's a it's a reliable business model, and it also it's it's what I can handle right now is building
0: a small business. You yeah. know, with with minimizing my risk and liability, because if you go into one of these places, like so, like even like the cash flow you're just describing. Yeah. Like you don't have a lot of margin for error. Like you have a lot of room for error on these mm-hmm. deals. So like you're selling the service, you're selling yourself, you close the deal, yeah. you have to subcontract all these other subcontractors. You have to bring yeah. them into the deal. They finish the work. I'm assuming when you're first starting out, you can't work on that many projects. No. Like, I mean I'm I'm I've got four right now and I'm stretched thin. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And then like when you're when you're doing this stuff, like you're a small business owner at this point. Like what's the what's the what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? And how do you mitigate or protect against that when you're trying to do these jobs?
1: So the worst thing in, in in general contracting is the the estimating, the initial project cost. There's no there's no science to it. I mean there's a bit of a science to it, right? The way you estimate is you you break everything down into the smallest margin possible or the smallest unit possible, and then you apply a, a price point to it. And then you build out your estimate, you know. So, say for for flooring or paint, you break out flooring into, you know, square foot, and then you can apply a, a X per square foot or per brick. You break it out per brick. So it's it is it is a bit of a science. However, it's never accurate because you always have um, incidentals and or the cost of materials, as you probably know, is just fluctuating constantly.
0: This is, like, not even where we're at right now, but I was going to talk about, like, COVID and supply chain and, like, the shit show that the world's just gone through and how you navigated that Mm. because, like, we'll we'll keep finishing your thought, but, like, not only did you, like, start, you had 15,000 bucks. Yeah. You started a business it's like the worst time to ever start the a business. worst time <laughs> nobody even wants to like like forget like you're trying to like be like a, a gc in like mm. all these like little residential areas to start yeah. like nobody wants you even walking into their home yeah probably let alone i know so you figure out how it's, you manage that but yeah
1: it, it really the, the only even if you want to call it i don't even consider myself six, successful yeah i mean i guess i built a business out of out of nothing but as far as the monetary side i'm only now becoming successful but where I found success that first year was completely dependent on um, the relationships I had built. I'm a good like I'm a relationship guy. That's a lesson right there. Yeah, I'm. I'm a like if if I see value in in a relationship or even if I don't, I, I I I treat people very well. I respect people, and I try to. If I do see potential value in a in a person or a relationship, I definitely make it a point to follow up. On that relationship, you know, to just just keep up with that person uh, or that business, and just you know, establish some sort of, of relationship. And, and because of that, because of I guess my way with people, that
0: that led me to be able to be successful, or,
1: or or at least to be able to keep business coming in.
0: Yeah. So okay. So you had business coming in, but you also had to deal with like mass, like the problems you dealt with when you were starting this were problems that like a GC two years ago would not have had. Yeah. So you have supply chain issues, which uh, impacts your project time, like time to completion. You have like tons of like all these costs associated. So like the first deal you worked on, the first few, what was the like the absolute worst shit that happened that you had to figure out? So the... And also, just like the general climate of like supply chain, and how it impacted. You. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's not even just supply chain
1: and material costs, and then it's it's also labor. The labor uh, is so difficult, especially on the residential side. It is another reason why I backed away from it because it felt as it felt as the labor pull on the residential side were like rookies. You know, these are these are people, even if they were a, a established subcontractor their labor pool was still... They were still getting, like, new guys. And, you know, they'll claim they're a painter, but they were, you know, a not, carpenter the day yeah. before. And it's yeah. like... So it, it was just been very difficult to navigate why, the labor pool. Why is that, though? Just because there's, there's, not, there's not people... There's nothing sexy about blue collar, yeah. right? So the, the, the labor pool for the construction industry is getting smaller and smaller. I mean, and that's why we have a lot of trades being filled by, you know, Latinos or Mexicans, because... They're willing, they, they love blue collar. They love it. That's a good day's work for them. And they enjoy it. But I think our society has taught, you know, most American born people, American born men grow up in a society where blue collar is not sexy. So they're not aspiring to go be a tradesman or be
0: an electrician, a plumber, you know. And they and like, like idiots, they're going to work for like some 70k a year job. Like the they can, when they could be making like,
1: 120 as a plumber you know or
0: they can make a shift i know i know gc's like i'm not saying it's easy work i i've 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 spoken to a lot of them and like they make bank but like it's tough work yeah because i think a lot of them don't know how to scale up a business yep so they work they, they get to where you are or mm. even less than they're not working on four products at a time they're working on yeah. one project at a time and it's just them and i remember talking to one guy he was like yeah like you know i could I could never have to work again, but like I can't because like my whole body's broken from doing the work that I've <laughs> yeah. done for the past like thirty years.
1: I mean, it's true, man. That's another thing. It is, it is a tough industry, and <clears throat> there's so many other ways out there. If you're a smart uh, man or woman, there's so many other ways to make that money it, in other ways, right? Yeah, true. So then, then you don't do it yourself, do, for sure, yeah. yeah, doing it yourself, and or you know, you don't have to work the hours that you do. I mean, general contracting, it's like. It's a constant. It never stops. Literally, it's it's can be seven days a week. A lot of the stuff I'm doing right now, since we're in commercial interiors, uh, we're working in like medical spaces and stuff. So we have to work after hours. So yeah. I mean, I have guys working until midnight on some jobs. So it, it, it's a business that really doesn't sleep. So it's long hours. It's exhausting. There's a reason why you see like. Old GCs that are all gray and grumpy. Yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> For good reason. It's, it's, it's tough. So you it, so you, yeah.
0: you got to figure out how to get out of. You have to figure out how to get out of the actual working in the business. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you figured out like. Actually, you have a ton of problems. I don't even know how you solve for any of them. So you have supply chain issues, you yeah. have contractor issues yeah. and like labor issues. Um, you have like cost of goods issues. Costs all over okay, the place. So then how do you actually fix any of this stuff? So what did you actually do to like get the right people, make sure the project is done on time? How yeah. do you find stuff that wasn't way overpriced? Or did you not and you just it's it's a constant game, especially lately, of pivoting.
1: So so construction in the first place is a never-ending game of solving problems. It's it's no matter how well you have it planned out something's going to happen during the day and you're going to have to solve that problem. So that's always a constant with construction, but with all these added, all these external factors, now that we have um, attributing to, to it, like the supply chain, labor shortages, material costs all over the place, it it just makes it that much more difficult. So yeah, you have to constantly pivot. And also, and this is a part that I actually, I lack is communicating with the owners and or banks Um, so on residential, you know, usually dealing with owners, but on commercial dealing with owners slash banks, right. Communicating all of these issues and that's ahead of time time. time, or or as they're happening. So, so me, I like to be like, okay, well, fuck, I'll solve it. You know, whatever, try to solve it. And I don't communicate all these things to them. So then when they see, you know, a week delay, they don't understand that I've had to pivot (laughs) for three days just to to get us back on track, you know? So I think that's the the biggest lesson that I'm learning is communicating these things to the owners, to the banks, that way they are in understanding of
0: it. And then when you hit them with a change order, you can get paid on that change order and they're not fighting you for it. I just wanna take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, what words come to mind when you think about entrepreneurship? For me, it's grind, hustle, strategy, hard fricking work. Because building something from the ground up is anything but easy. HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a CRM platform that's easy to buy, use, and love. With thousands of integrations teams actually use, HubSpot works the way you do, hard. And if you wanna figure out how to streamline your deals, easy. The sales hub makes it easy to close more deals by automating your busy work. If you need to automate your social media, Piece of cake. The marketing hub has everything you need to publish, post, and monitor your social media channels all in one place. Learn how HubSpot can make it easier for your business to grow better at hubspot.com. Um, so, you solved some of these problems, but you've also now scaled to working four projects at a time. Mm-hmm. So, um, even in the past two years, you've done something that some GCs can't do and you've scaled up yourself. And you actually said, like at the beginning, you're like, you were not great at business school. No. And you were like, not not having it. So, yeah. how did you solve for this? Like, what did you do differently that is allowing you to be successful now? <laughs> Honestly, I don't I don't know if I have solved it. <laughs> so no, but you're solving. Like, you, there's yeah, it, it's always learning, yeah. always figuring it out. Yeah, but you're doing something right. I I I think where I find my success is that
1: I I get up every day and, and I work. So I know how to build. So when I don't have the solution to maybe some of the business stuff. I'm just like, fuck it, I'm gonna go to work. And I just I stay on the grind and keep pushing along the project. So I think that is I'm still trying to figure out how to be a better businessman, but I'm finding success because I at least get up and I get the job done and I just keep moving things along. Even if I'm taking even if I'm, you know, getting hurt maybe on some of the costs, I might not or be making as much money. Or yeah, or yeah, or I'm grinding, I'm not paying myself for the hours I'm putting in, but at least I'm keeping things moving along. And and I guess I'm just trying to figure out as i go i'm like hey, look if i just keep getting up every morning and i keep working at it keep chipping away at it daily
0: then you know i'll figure out the other stuff which i think is like that's like the x factor in like any startup small mm-hmm. business like it's never going to be 100% yeah but if like the entrepreneur is like willing to like figure the shit yeah. out and go through it like that's what differentiates mm-hmm. and i think that i think that one of the issues people have is they like become a business owner and they either build themselves a job and then that sucks. Or they try and remove themselves too quickly without understanding all the components of the business when yep. it's not functioning right. Yep. Like there's this point where you still have to work in it, but then you got to figure out a way to scale yourself yep. up. Did you have you like hired out people? Because you just mentioned you're just starting to be profitable now. Yeah. So what's yeah. your so what's your you know the past two years not the easiest time to sort of business. Yeah. But you you started to hire and you um, to build out. Or? So
1: I still I still manage. I had a superintendent working for me for a little while, um, and then I have a girl help me in the office. Um, Taking care of some of the receivables and payables. Super was your first big hire, then. Super was the first big hire. How'd it go? It went well, but then he left me to go back to work for himself as a handyman. Shit. So it was great. It yeah, was, <laughs> it was really, like he was covering some 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 of the residential stuff I still had going. He was covering those for me, and then I I have a hard time. The next big step is is hiring a, a full time super to manage the commercial projects for me because right now I, I I'm in the field all day. Yeah. And if I'm not in the field, I'm on the phone all day with my subs. So I still supervise all my commercial projects. I mean, I'm I'm very hands-on, and only I mean I can I can I'm now I can afford to to bring somebody on, but it's also I got I don't know how to I need to hire somebody that's really good at it already, and then maybe just trust them to do it or. You know, or have to train somebody. So that's going to be like a difficult step for me. I was going
0: to ask when you when you like so again, small business owner hiring like super Mm -hmm. critical role for the first time, super super critical. Um, Obviously, you don't have it down to like a perfect science. But what are the things like people should look out for? Somebody's hiring that first like critical hire. What made you pick this this super?
1: Uh, Honestly, because he was just a young kid who I thought was you know influential and. Or, or, or that I could influence him rather and yeah, yeah. kind of, you know, curate him how I like, wanted, like,
0: like teachability. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: Very. He was younger. He was ambitious. Wanted to get in the industry, but now I'm, I'm realizing that my next hire for a super will be, I'm going to steal, you know, a, a 40, 50 year old man. That's been doing this <laughs> for another company for years. And yeah. I'm going to pay him what he needs to get paid. And he's going to do it better than I could. You know?
0: um, okay. So if you're going to make that kind of hire, you need money and let's need talk money, about, yeah. let's talk about cash let talk about profitability. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can be as specific or as ambiguous as you want. Some people will yeah. talk in numbers, but I'm still curious. Like even percentages. Like, how did you? What you close one project out? Yeah. Now you're working on four. Why only two years later you're starting to be profitable? Um, I, I guess it's not I'm that. I wasn't did you pay? Did you pay yourself? I but, pay myself. Okay. Yeah. So, so I pay myself. So I
1: guess that's that's it. I was profitable, but you know, after paying myself my expenses, I just I just left money in the company because, as I said before a gc is like a bank you you are always having to float money and a lot of times and this is where i need to get better on the business side you know a lot of times i'm i'm not getting paid from the owner 30 45 days after i bill but all my guys they want to get paid on friday all my subcontractors yeah, they don't give a shit and and that's and that's the reason why like that's why the good ones that's how i keep them showing up because i pay them on friday so i'm having to float a lot of cash a lot of times i mean i got to keep my guys paid because um, they do good work for me and you know I got to respect them and they need
0: to get paid and that's so do you like do you, like when you do this kind of business You have like massive cash flow issues I'm assuming if that's the case because you get like a net 30 or a net 60 yeah. on the owner paying? Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, so yeah, so I'll be floating. So maybe I'll invoice, you know um, Take like this barbershop. I just finished one of my invoices uh, It was a smaller job right the whole job was only like 125 K But you know I sent a $30,000 invoice. Yeah, I wouldn't get paid. That one was actually had to go through the bank, had to go through the developer, then to the bank. By the time I got my money, was 30, 45 days in the rear. Yeah, the time I sent that invoice. But I'm paying all my guys every week, so
0: so I'm having to float that thirty five k for just on that job. And, and like, would you if you had to redo it, would you hmm. like go raise money, take out a loan? Would you do it different?
1: Um, I would. It make things it would make things easier, honestly. And that's I'm um, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking about you know should I should I if I want to scale, right, I need good help. Yeah. So if I'm going to afford a good super that's been doing this for 20 plus years, right, I'm going to need to pay him 100k or more. So I'm at that point I'm like, do I, you know, do I go get a loan to hire a guy for 6 months and then he can kill these commercial projects for me while I go out and get more business and while, you know, while yeah. I build the business. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. What do you what do you think? I mean, I could I could float it. But then I put myself in a pinch. It's like I should yeah. use somebody else's money, right? And then I can b- recoup it per the job because uh, anybody on the job should get paid by the job, right? Yeah, like 100%. the super's expense should be on that job. So, but it, again, it's it's the cash flow thing.
0: Um, what was like the the biggest like shit hit the fan moment? In your in your entrepreneurial journey where those things like did not work out. Hmm. Shit hit the fan.
1: Honestly. <laughs> Every day or not? I mean, shit is a fan <laughs> frequently, but as I said, I've been pretty fortunate thus far. I, you know, any time I think that I might, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to have a cash flow issue? Yeah.
0: It, it just has worked out for me. So I don't know. Maybe I've just been blessed, been fortunate. Blessed, <laughs> fortunate, hardworking too, I yeah. think. Who do you like? When you, when you're trying to like learn this now, where do you go to learn and to sort of like upskill yourself? Like mm-hmm. you're trying to figure all this shit out. So what's your strategy? I just study. I study other companies. I study people. Yeah. Um,
1: you know the guy who brought me really into the professional construction industry. My mentor, of sorts. He wasn't really a great mentor, but he was a great guy to study. Like he was a gunslinger. This guy was, you know, he was always bringing in deals, always making it happen. And then he he had the ability to then, you know, come through with it. He would. He was like a developer slash builder. He's like a restaurant owner. He's got his hands in a little bit of everything. However. You know, if he struck up a deal, he would then find a way to get it done or he would build it. So studying him a bit kind of just gave me the inspiration that because I I knew talking to him, he didn't always have the answers, but he was like, it's not rocket science. We'll figure it out. And it's not nothing. Nothing we do in construction. It's not rocket science. You You can figure it out. But I think a lot of it is just getting... Getting the deal on the table and then figuring out how to get it done. So
0: like when you say that though, like then you're saying one of the most important skills, which I think I agree with, is sales. Yeah. You gotta sell yourself. Mm -hmm. You gotta sell yourself nonstop. So you like you accomplish that by having a great network Mm -hmm. and you're still going out and closing deals right now. Yeah. How do you how do you bring in new business? Um I haven't even
1: so that's one of the reasons why I couldn't find anything on me. I I literally I don't I haven't even marketed. So I didn't even tell most of my friends I started my company. For the first year, I didn't because I was afraid to
0: fail. Dude,
1: that, it's like
0: classic, like <laughs> imposter syndrome. Yeah, shit. Like, I didn't
1: I mean, want to be like, oh, like I'll start this general contracting company, and then yeah. six months later, be back working as a superintendent. So Fair, I didn't, yeah. t- I didn't tell anybody Um because I was really afraid to fail. And then as I built it, I just, I don't really want to show it off until I'm, I'm super proud of it, and I'm still just, you know, I'm still in it. Like I'm still just grinding I it. on I th- it. I think, I think,
0: I think you should show it off more, man. I think, well, I think you know, like the whole, the whole. Building a personal brand, like yeah, you can't convince me that's not the way to do business. Yeah, like that's how like this show happened. Like, build a personal brand. Like, I go crazy on social. Like, right. nonstop. Like, content marketing. Um, I haven't even had the exposure you have, and like that's given me like speaking opportunities and yeah. like incredible network and like nonstop business. Yeah, like, yeah, job offers, investment into the company I'm working at. Like, it's like insane. Mm-hmm. Like when, it's funny. Like. When you have a name out there, even if people don't really know who you are, just because you're putting yourself out there, they like they learn to trust who you are mm. without ever meeting you, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, I think you got to double down on this shit. You got to ride this mm. wave. You got to build out the personal brand. Yeah. But your your company's out there now. It, it's out there, and I think you're, I think you're very right. And I've I've been very reticent
1: to do that because again, it's my it's my fear of of it, my fear of failure and fear of you know it's funny that I even did the, did that show because I. I don't... I don't know. This like, is I don't so love... different from
0: your personality. Very. Like, now talking to you for, like, whatever, like, 30 minutes, I'm yeah. like, there's no way this guy is looking to, you know, be in the limelight. Exactly. It's very, like, I, I like it, but I don't like it because I do like
1: to keep things very, like, close to the chest as yeah. far as, um, you know, like, what I do for a living. And I don't I don't love... It's almost like with the show, I had to put a facade on, right? I put a facade on. This is what I want the world to see. I don't really let people see the real, you know, Kurt, what I actually yeah. do. And... um. So I don't know, I'm still still figuring out with the business. But you're right, I do need to dive into the self exposure or double down on on myself a little bit and build build my brand, build the company brand, use the tools that I
0: have yeah. available. I mean, no, I would argue that very few other GCs, if not and like or maybe none, would ever have had that ability to have that exposure at the level that you had. Yeah. At this stage yeah. of your career. I think it's just a matter of, like, how do you get over that imposter syndrome? Because you're dealing with it right now, 100%. Mm. But, like, every entrepreneur in the world has that. Every entrepreneur. And I actually think that, like, when I, I work with, like, a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah. and, like, not not in construction, but, like, I mean, building something from scratch is the same shit. It's yeah. a lot of, a lot of, it's tough. Like, it's mm. tough, and you have to put yourself out there, yeah. and your friends and your family are like, this guy's crazy, like, why, you know? But yeah. I think that when you put yourself out there, like, even, like, you're doing this show, you're, like, you're laying, like, everything that you've done on the line, and I think that it holds you accountable, mm. which I think is like what a good mentor should do. Yeah. I think that when you like commit to something in public, I think it forces you to actually yeah. like do it. Like you you like what's the saying, like you burn the boats or burn the ships yeah. or whatever, like burn the whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's the, that's that's so true and that's I've
1: actually used that strategy with myself if if I do tell yeah. people about something that I haven't done yet,
0: No one's really matching my needs. and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. And then because that holds me accountable, I'm like, well, I better fucking do it now. Yeah, you, got <laughs> you, it. Well, you got it, right? Yeah. You got it. You're like, so this guy, I don't care if this guy is successful, but at least yeah. like, he's like, you know, like, if you put yourself out there, you say you're going to do something, like, you can't be a liar. You can't. can't. can't can no. not be a liar, especially,
1: yeah. yeah, especially if you have any pride in yourself as a man. I mean, you got to live up to the expectations you set for yourself, so.
0: But... Uh, but he went on this show and like, you're right, this is not your personality at all going on this show. No. But now you can actually do it. You can do it like with yourself, like with yeah. your true personality. Like when you put yourself out there now, like like you turn yourself into like a content marketing machine, like you're going to get nonstop business. Yeah. But then you don't have to feel like you're putting on this facade or this face or whatever yeah. because you're talking about this. Like what we're talking about now is like what you're actually passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like absolutely. none of this is none of This is, BS. This is what you actually care mm-hmm. about and this is like this is your, like, 110% yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. So you just turn, like, this into, like, your, your daily. And then I think that would attract business. I think mm. that would actually give you, like, a a huge amount of success. Yeah. And probably expedite your growth much quicker. Yeah. Because now, if you think about all the different parts of the business that, like, a, a strong personal brand accompli- like touches, like, yeah, maybe you have more exposure on social. But, like, also you'll have a better time landing projects. Because, mm. like, now people will want to associate with your firm... You'll have a, probably probably easier time attracting talent too, because mm. you're yeah. probably going to get for sure. You're just gonna have people that want to work with you, just yeah. like be in your sphere, right? Like yeah. The, so I think like you double down on that. Yeah. No, you're, you, you, you. I mean, you're right. You're right. And, and I, guess like I said, I've been just hesitant
1: to do so because I, I want. I guess. I guess. I'm, I mean, it is like, dude, only two years. And as I said, the first year of it, I was just trying to figure out where I wanted yeah. the company to go. You know, I was trying to figure out do I stay in residential, I stay in commercial. So. I think I just want it to be, you know, I want to have a solid vision, which I do now, finally, have a solid vision of the company, what I want the company to be, where I want
0: it to go. So now that I have that, I need to start capitalizing on, on some of the things that you're talking about. So how do you, okay, so without the, without the personal branding stuff, that's mm-hmm. cool, but how do you scale up? So where do you take it from here? So you have four projects now, mm-hmm. trying to hire a super, somebody's at this stage yeah. in, in, in their GC life or their, their GC mm-hmm. business, how do you scale up? Um, I mean, I, I can't do it without, I
1: can't do it without help. And so I got to get the right help, um, and or partnerships. So, and that's kind of like three of the biggest projects. I mean, in, in all actuality, I have, I actually have six current projects going on, but two are closing out. So I got four, but three of those are, I've got, uh, partners with them and I'm, I'm, I'm acting almost as a subcontractor. To them, but I'm I'm building out the whole jobs for them, and those have gone really smoothly because we all know our role and we rely on, you know, one another to perform it. So I think if I'm to scale it, I just I've got to find the right people. Um, you know, put them in their silo. They do what they need to do to run the company, and then I can continue to you know float ten thousand feet. And, yeah. And like, what's moving. your vision for like where you want to take this? I would love to be a. I would love to, to do stick with the commercial interiors, commercial yeah. outfits. As I said, I think it's a really good business model for a GC. It's a safe business model too. But I would love to be, you know, multi state. Um, I'd love to be the go to guy for certain restaurants and or businesses that I'm their guy when they're opening up in a new city, Franchise new state. Whatever. Boom! Yeah, I'm the guy that comes and does the outfit. That's right? all relationship play. All, right? yeah. all relationship. Yeah. All relationship. Yeah.
0: Is there like? Is there like like? um Like, regulatory things you got to think about when you switch states in this industry?
1: Um, Just applications. So you have reciprocity uh, in a lot of states with with your North Carolina GC license. You have reciprocity in a lot. But you have to apply for it and then take – sometimes you got to take a small exam. That's it. And then you can just – okay. Mm -hmm. Except for up north, it's a little more difficult up there.
0: um, I want to just – so now I want, like, general, like, entrepreneurship advice, people that are starting Mm -hmm. out. So what is you know, if you're talking to a new entrepreneur, like yeah. what's your best advice for somebody who's starting something from scratch? Uh, I guess you, I think to be successful in anything, right?
1: I mean, you, you know, no, I forget what said, no wind is favorable if you, if you know not which port you sail. So you have to have a vision, right? Yeah. You, and you have to then, um, tackle that and be good, become good at what you do. So, um, figure out what it is that you want to do and then master that that skill right I mean you have to have a you have to have a vision in mind and then you got to tackle it and then from there I think I mean nothing as an entrepreneur nothing gets around just hard work. Even when you don't have the answers don't know what to do just get to work because it's better than, it's better than sitting there in your thoughts and just you know spinning your wheels just yeah. get to work and get something done for me at least I've found if I'm at least getting something done if I'm if I'm knocking off tasks during the day,
0: I feel productive. And then things kind of fall into place. And then if you're going to talk about like personality traits, what are the the personality traits that have made you the most successful? So I think that uh, one of the most
1: important things, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, I mean, take this with a grain of salt. Like I said, I'm only an entrepreneur for two years now. Okay. Actually, that's not, that's a lie. I had a detailing company in college, but. um,
0: Another thing you never told anybody. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, never told anybody. I don't tell people that stuff, but. I think to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be likable um, and trustworthy. So people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. So you, you have to win people over. You got to get in front of them, first of all, so that they know you. And then you got to get them to like you. How do you get them to like you? I mean, me, I found, like, I'm a pretty humorous guy, like, Sharing a laugh with somebody, I think, is probably one of the, the best way to build a bond with somebody. Yeah. And then you got to get them to trust you. So, and that's, you know, a whole nother issue. I mean, you just have to be a, a stand up person
0: to get people to trust you, right? Have you, have you like, um, as you, you know, you build up your network and like it's a lot of like people connections? Um, it's happened to me before, it's happened to a lot of people that I know, but have you been screwed by people, like people that have just like totally double crossed you? Like, how have you solved for that? Uh, it,
1: it definitely, honestly, more so when when I was working for other people, I just always felt undervalued and or underpaid or yeah. you know, wasn't getting the bonuses that I should have been getting or what we negotiated. But um, honestly, as I started my own company, everybody has been pretty good. I mean, definitely have gotten paid late on stuff, but everyone's been pretty good. I haven't got screwed over by anybody. Um, but I think that's also because I'm careful about who I do contract with. I mean, I'm, I don't enter into any deal um, randomly, every yeah. every deal that comes my way is um, from a contact. You know, it's it's uh, because they know me or know me from somebody else. It's it's I'm not out there shopping, you know, just shopping for deals. And I think that's where people get get screwed because when you do shop around like that, you're you're also dealing with an owner that's shopping around, um, and, and you know doesn't value a lot of people. Undervalue GCs in general, or people in construction. I think a lot of people definitely undervalue their uh, time and expertise. So I just think that's how people do get screwed in this industry. Is you know shopping around, shopping around. They want the best deal. They want the best deal. You you can't have it all. Right? You don't get you don't get the timeline. You know the price and the quality. Yeah. Can't. You get two of them. So, so you got to choose which two you want. Yeah. Um, it's, at least in. Contracting.
0: I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Manscaped. Now, Manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped are the most comfortable boxers I've ever worn. They are the global leaders in below the waist grooming. They have the lawnmower 4.0. Now they have the Boxers 2.0. If you want to check these out for 20% off plus free shipping, Use our code 20success at manscaped.com. Here's a little bit more about the boxers. They are a game changer. The micro modal fabric is buttery soft and breathable. It keeps everything cool, walk, run, strut. These moisture wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistbands hug your body without digging in and it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. Front fly opens, giving easy access and makes bathroom breaks quick and efficient. You can even choose from arrangement of designs and colors and sizes ranging from small to three XL. Now get 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20 success at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20 success at manscaped.com. No, I just like you actually you've had like a like I ask all these questions because like there's people that have like Horrible stories from when they were starting business. Yeah. you actually haven't dealt with like a lot of negative stuff.
1: Dude, I've been extremely blessed, literally fortunate, and like, uh, like <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's like knock on. Let's knock. On. <laughs> yeah, knock on yeah. I mean, I'm sure I will get. Keep it
1: going, man. Let's sooner go. than later, but again, I, I um, yeah, I, I don't contract with people I don't, I don't know and or don't have a relationship with. So
0: and like, like I guess I am curious. Like after you. So after you went into the show and you came out of it mm-hmm. and you had like this amount of fame, has it impacted or changed anything? No, because I haven't, I haven't capitalized
1: um, on it like, like you talked about. I, I still, even after the show, I, you know, I mean, I still don't have a website. I'm building it right now. Um, and that's mainly because I, I didn't want to showcase all, some of the previous projects I'd done because it's, that's not the work I want to attract moving forward. Yeah. So I'm 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 only now building it out so that I can showcase some of these commercial interiors that I've completed because that's the trajectory that I want for the company. So um, no, it didn't really affect me business wise. Other than people do like especially some of my subs, they they want to work for me. They want to work with me. Yeah. So that is has probably helped a little bit. And whether you know, you I gotta don't know. Double down on them. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Like yeah. it's gonna
0: make your life like exceptionally easier. That's that's, my, that's yeah. my two cents, whatever. Yeah. Figure out, like, go hire somebody to help you out with, like, content or something. Yeah. Like, just throw up your phone. Like, this is, like, Gary Vee-style yeah. shit. Like, you just put anything that you love, you put it out into the world, you make yep. content around it. Yep. But I think that's... Yeah, I know. I,
1: I need to. I think I've just been... I'm afraid to, just, like, take that leap. And like I said, I want I want to have all the pieces in place. I want to have, I want have in, everything they'll structured. Never. They'll never and, be in place, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they'll 100% never be in place. Yeah.
0: So I think that... Uh, yeah, I think that everyone has that problem. I think that the people that are the most successful at it, they don't think too hard about it. Because if you think too hard about it, you're going to realize that not everything's perfect. No, you're right. I mean, that's, if
1: you listen to any of these super successful entrepreneurs,
0: they're just, they just fuck it and go all in. I mean, yeah. Because you got to have a little bit, you got to have a little bit of like not thinking clearly Mm -hmm. when you're starting something that you want to blow up and make it huge. Like What I mean by that is like, if you think through every possible thing that can go wrong, yeah this the show would have never happened yeah this podcast your business it yeah. never would have happened yeah so true because people just like get up in their own head mm-hmm. and then you just you just absolutely sabotage your own progress absolutely but yeah. you got yeah i mean like you're at the point like i'm i'm sort of like preaching to the choir like you're you're in it you could definitely leverage yeah. it but i think also like like i mean like the the person that you were on the show and everything that pulls up when you google that's not even like who you are? No, no, not, it's at not all. the shit that you're proud of. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's not at all.
1: I mean, I had, like I said, I put on a bit of a facade. Um, you know, I don't think, for, I think facade is too.
0: Maybe not a facade, but it was just. facade just insinuates s- to like the personality you had on the show. You were pretty, like to the point. Yeah, it was yeah. very much myself. I guess I was
1: just, it, I didn't, I didn't open up, really let people know about who who I actually am, what That's, inspires yeah. me, what drives me, why you know, what makes my my clock tick yeah
0: and and has your like as i i also just want to understand why you thought this was a good idea when you're trying to actually build a business because somebody said to me like hey scott like i'm trying to start this thing but just don't worry i'm gonna film yeah like x period eight weeks (laughs) yeah dude like that's i put out fires for two months after i got
1: back i have no doubt and i had so i had a guy that I had a joint venture on, on, on a residential project with, and he stepped up for me. I paid him to run point on all the projects for me while I was gone. Yeah. Um, and he did a good job. And I had a, I had a, a the super at the time running you need the, water, by the way No, I'm good. I'm alright. Right. Okay, cool. um, I had you. that super running, yeah, it was, um, <laughs> running jobs for me. So it was good, but it was just it was very difficult to manage that while I'm filming 15, 16 hours a day. It was like it was chaos. Um, so yeah. <laughs> But it was it was a and I've used this analogy before. I had to pull the scales out and say, okay, what what could this hurt me? And then what you know, how could yeah, this help
0: potential me? Potential benefit. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was yeah it was it was it was a you know cost versus success. And so I figured that okay, if I lose a little bit by filming the show, I, I think I can gain from it after. And that's where I'm at now.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. That's mm-hmm. why I think it, like it, it's it, you have to like double down and lean into it. Yeah, for sure. Um. Your business, like the priorities that you had when you started the business versus now, have those changed at all? Like what you're actually focused on accomplishing? How has your mindset changed?
1: Uh yeah. Uh, I mean you, <laughs> GCing is a stressful business in general, right? So definitely gotten better at managing my stress. You can't let things stress you out. But my focus has definitely, um, definitely changed. I'm 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 a lot more particular about you know even the subs I'm using I want I want everybody that is working for me I want us I want it wanted to be a partnership that way expectations are set beforehand um and then
0: but how do you do that when they're just subcontractors that's not
1: it's, easy Yeah I mean it's a lot of relationship building to be yeah. you know to be honest um like one of my best subs uh, my metal stud and drywall guy I've just built of really good relationship, really good rapport with him. You know, we'll, you know, we'll talk and call and shoot the shit for a couple of minutes, just, yeah. just stuff like that, like warming them up to a um, not just a business relationship, but an actual relationship. And I think that that inspires people to to do better work for you, you know, and or then work for you. So you know, if I come in on a job and uh, you know their numbers over budget, if I've got somebody that has been working with me, it's way easier to say, hey, look, I need you to cut five percent here that way we can do this job together. So it's yeah. almost like bringing them in as, as partners. And that's what I'm that's what I'm focused on now is everybody I work with I want it to be a very um almost personal relationship with these guys that way they are inspired to do good work for me and then stick with me. Because the market is crazy. I mean, you 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 have guys that if they're a guy that you've never worked with before, they'll walk off the job because they'll get paid, you know, 5 cents more
0: brick somewhere else or
1: something. It's it, you know, that's stupid. Insane. Yeah but that's
0: that's that's how the market is the market like so is the labor market a little bit better now or
1: um it's it's tough but i've i've definitely honed in on i only use certain guys i very rarely now am am out there trying to compare prices like you know if i've got a good sub i'm not out there shopping another subcontractor for that same division um i'm just breaking it down to you know a linear foot of, of metal stud and square foot of drywall and then kind of just just getting that price together and saying hey look what's your profit margin here okay I'm, a, I'm good with you making this much profit what's your time in here so it's more of yeah i'm not i'm not shopping now i'm not i'm not trying to you know, make somebody work on something for me. I mean, it takes a lot to put together an estimate, right? So
0: I hate wasting people's time. Actually, by the way, so I was just at, we're in in Miami right now in Florida, and there was a a merge, it was like a huge tech conference like two weeks ago. Yeah. And the winner of this like pitch competition with Kevin O'Leary, he had this tool. Uh It was like an AI tool. And what it does is it, uh, with AI, measures every measurement that you would normally do in an estimate in like the matter of like seconds. Wow. It's like in 10 seconds, it does like a whole building. And the guy like, I like, I need that. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give, give you yeah, the name of the company after. That. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So I mean, like, that's something, but anyways, yeah. I just thought of that. But that's, a, and he was going on about how insane a process it is to estimate It properly. is, it is, and it's like, that's,
1: and, and luckily that's when I got into the industry. That's what I started off doing. I was a project engineer, so I was doing estimates. And I learned the old school way on on, on plans. So I would pull out a set of plans, you know, I'd have all my measurements, and I would scale everything and then compile an estimate um but i need to get more technological with it because i still kind of
0: do the old school way this is cutting edge as hell like no one else it's not like you're behind the it's not like you're missing out and all the other gcs have it that's why he was so successful in his first year because he's like he's building something that no one's ever heard and that's that's can be so helpful i mean i
1: that's part of getting business is you have to be able to turn around an estimate at a reasonable time yeah you know because they are you know typically if you have a you know bigger outfits, say a dental practice or something. They're getting two, you know, at least two or three bids from bigger GCs, and then they can compare them a little bit. So you have to be able to produce an estimate in a timely manner, and that's something that I definitely struggle
0: with because I'm doing it all myself. Still, <laughs> I'm not yeah. outsourcing that. So, yeah, you, like that's something that that's one of those things that where you look at like the 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 activities or the things you could do that would have yeah. the highest impact on your business. Yeah, and that's definitely one of them. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Like, that's like probably like you know you take your you take your business from X, you know. Whatever it is in revenue, and you like, you know, probably 10x that when you start to sort of outsource that Mm -hmm. task. But that comes down to like hiring the right people, figuring out exactly who's not going to screw you by doing the job ethically, quickly, responsibly. That's Mm -hmm. like, Again, it all comes down to, like, hiring, relationship. Like, it's all the same shit. Like, yeah. that's why, like, you build this company, you build a software company, you build, like, services company, like, anything. Yeah. Every
1: business the, is people.
0: It's always people. <laughs> it's which always is like, people. It's funny because people just, like, totally miss that point. Yeah. It's, like, how do I how do I transact my way to success mm-hmm. and, and just, like, churn and burn and use and abuse people and I don't care about yeah. the relationships? And it never works out. Like, it doesn't matter if you're doing what you're doing, or you're selling something that's a $10 million thing to somebody. I mean, even if you're selling to an organization, like a large organization, you're selling to yeah. like, my backgrounds in software in tech. Okay. So I sell, you know, you sell like a $10 million piece of software to somebody yeah. because you're still dealing with people. Yeah. So the level of trust has to be yeah. established. That's It's the same shit. Yeah. Same shit on any level. Um, What was I going to say? I was going somewhere with this too. can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Been, oh, I was going to say, like, when you, when you build out your company, like, what's the point when... And maybe this is something that you wouldn't do, but I see this as like a huge like revenue opportunity. Do yeah. You ever go into like pure development, like where you're? Oh, for sure. It? I think that is the eventual goal of anybody, any inspired
1: individual in this industry. You have, team. You, you have the team, and then once you get to a place where you've got the either bank connections or the the money. Yeah. It, I think it's a no brainer to get into development. I mean, that is, um, yeah. I think that's the end goal of of any builder. I mean that that that's in in my mind, starting from conception to construction. I mean that's that's the whole the whole package, you know. So eventually, how'd you go into that? Like you have to go raise money or what? I mean, just make this business successful first, you know. And then once I get really good at doing what I do, or my company gets really good at doing what we do, I think it would just be you know a matter of time before I end up in that, you know, in that. Part of the industry um, yeah. and, and I do have a lot of connections in that industry um, but yeah just a matter of time and it's again it's one of those things why I haven't like promoted my company that hard it's it's one of those things that I don't do anything quick <laughs> like like I think
0: on things you, I know you but I, I you, like you think too much like, yeah you're thinking you're overthinking well I mean it's good to overthink sometimes it's probably yeah. that's probably actually why you've actually had like a pretty good years yeah because you think through stuff yeah but I mean there's something to be said for like velocity too yeah and just like moving quick yeah breaking shit and figuring it out not always it's not always fun not always
1: no but some of those guys that are just hammers I mean they (laughs) they get shit done that's all they know you know is they just push 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 and you know act without thinking and you know super successful like Steven Steven and Steven's dad from from the show he's like that the guy's a hammer He just he's just a gunslinger he just puts his deals together and he gets it done. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's wild, I mean, how quickly he's able to to get shit
0: done. It's also stressful as hell, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to have – I think that another like another thing that really makes people successful is, like, their their um, confidence in themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can only be – that you built that, like, over time. Like, I think, like, when you've, like, killed it for multiple years in a row. Yeah. Then you realize, like, hell, you know, I figured out all this other shit for the past 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Even if I go into a situation that I don't really know that well, mm. there's a pretty damn good chance I'm gonna be able to figure it out. Sure. Yeah. Again, not rocket science. We can Figure anything out if we want to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean No, I I feel like, okay. Um I wanna do uh, I wanna do a couple like like rapid fire to pull out like insights yeah. from your life. Is there anything else that like is top of mind for you right now that's like really relevant that you wanna like go into? Like I, I feel like where you're exactly at with your business. Yeah. Like you're you're at a at a great point right now. I still think you should double down on the personal brand stuff, yeah. but like you are like Killing it in like the small business space and then mm-hmm. it's like just like uphill from here. You've already yeah. figured out like the how to make a business functional, yeah. how to make a business profitable. That's like. That's, that's the core. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm still in the, I'm still in the thick of it though. I'm in, I'm in the grind. I mean, I'm not going to try and preach to anybody about what it takes to be an
0: entrepreneur because I'm sure people know a lot better than I. Yeah, know? but a lot of people know a lot less too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for building, like, like we were talking before, like, like businesses that are, like, not, like, sexy businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, hard work. Uh, yeah. I think that if you look at the businesses that really take off quick, like, you have, like, a lot of software businesses, or yeah. now you have, like, a lot of, like, a lot of blockchain and mm-hmm. crypto and stuff like that. And they just, like, attract money. Yeah. And they attract so much money. And if you develop a great product, for example, you can use the internet to get it out. Yeah. to a million people overnight very easily. Yeah.
1: Not saying it's easy,
0: but yeah. I'm saying that when you're dealing with people and projects and physical things that you have to do and you have to build, like not you're not brick and mortar, but like same category. Yeah. Like you're building shit, mm-hmm. you're selling shit, you're yeah. you're solving shit in real life, yeah. and you don't have the ability to scale up at the same level. You can't just take no. on tomorrow two thousand projects. No. If you had a software product, you could. Yeah. You could tomorrow take on two thousand users. Yeah. You don't have the luxury of doing that. No. So you got to figure out, and every single thing you're doing is a high risk activity. Technically, as a business owner, yeah, and that's something that I think like is truly admirable when you can't figure that out because I think mm. that it's exceptionally hard to do because mm. I see a lot of people that don't do it well, and I see a lot of people that, again, they've done the same thing as you, but then they stop after two projects, and that's the rest of their life. Yep, they started, but then to scale up is like the difficult mm. part. So you're yep. solving for that. No, and
1: that and that's exactly that's exactly where I don't want to get stuck in, and yep. that's. I've I've noticed that lately cuz I get pulled into the grind and then I'm you know I'm just running these projects all day and I'm like hey where's the vision at? You know yeah. you get stuck and then you you lose
0: sight of where you want this thing to go. So How do you how do you keep reminding yourself of where the vision's at? What's your I get fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like out
1: there sweating working with the guys I'm like I don't need to be doing this right now like I'm, I'm supposed to be the, the producer
0: out here you know Well you do anything okay you do anything for like you know you've been doing it for like two and a half or whatever two years yeah. right yeah. You do anything for 10 years you're gonna be pretty damn good at it Yeah So like you're at this point right now where you can start to move out yeah i think you can start to move out right now i think that that's probably going to be your next big challenge yeah yeah like where you hire out and, mm-hmm. and like hiring the right people hiring yeah. trustworthy people like. yeah for sure it's definitely where i'm at and that's yeah that's where i'm um, it's the next task to tackle yeah so. man <laughs> um okay uh before i do the rapid fire yep. uh so where do you want to send people you have your so- like drop your social yeah your website's not done yet do you no, know what it's going to be though um i'll probably have it up here in a month or so i was just waiting for a
1: couple of these projects to finish up so I had some good content for it yeah um so the website will be soco-group.com okay, cool. the insta is soco-group my insta is sir underscore kurt um mine is definitely my insta is predominantly just like my life I want it to be very separate of my business you know and that's that's honestly why I don't even like put my last name on like my social because I, I want the business to be separated you know yeah so yeah
0: and I think I think in the future, I think it's probably going to blend a little bit more. Yeah, it might. but like we'll see. <laughs> <It might. laughs> um, all right, biggest challenge you've overcome in your own personal life? What was that? How'd you overcome it? What'd you learn from it?
1: Um, oh man, I uh, I've, I've overcome some some big stuff in my life. I definitely had a rough couple years. Um, dealt with some serious depression, probably some 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 big mental health issues. And um, how'd you figure that out? How'd you get through? just just perseverance, mental fortitude. You know, I think that for me um it it takes a lot for me to learn a lesson. So I almost had to be broken down to nothing, to to literal like rock bottom before then I could start to build myself back up in the way that um that I wanted or that I, you know, build myself to the person that I aspired to be. So, yeah. Um what keeps you up at night now? <laughs> uh just honestly clients and expectations keeps me up at night expectations from other people and then also for myself you know i you think you seem like somebody who's like harder on yourself than anybody could ever be for sure for yeah. sure i have a lot of definitely expectations and and i think that's what broke me down years ago when i was in my early 20s was i i didn't turn out to be the guy that i had dreamed of as a kid and as a, as a teenager and in college it just didn't shape out for me and then so I had all these expectations for myself and I didn't I didn't turn out to be that guy. So it's like I beat myself up on it and went down a dark turn. So I think that's something that I've I've definitely had to wrestle with and just, yeah, set expectations for yourself, but you have to do something to get yourself there. You know, you yeah. can't just <laughs> blame it on all these external factors. I mean, you have to look yourself in the mirror and just, you know, get shit done. If you want to be that person, then you have to put the work in to go be that person.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Um, if you had to choose one person, uh, there's been many, but pick one person that had a major impact on your life. Who was that person what did they teach you? I would probably say the, uh, the
1: as far as definitely business wise, the, the guy who brought me into the industry um, this gunslinger
0: guy, yeah. quasi mentor, but not really yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, he was definitely just a very inspiring. He a he he took risks with people. You know, he he kind of took a risk on me. Like maybe this guy will do well, maybe he won't. So you know, he took a risk with me. It turned out working, you know, working out well for him. I learned a lot from him and his company. But he was just a very inspiring person to watch um, and see how he navigated through the multiple different industries that he was in. I mean, he just, you know, and it was, he was really good with people too. I think that was the bad route. What did you not like about him? Uh, (laughs) It's probably what I don't like about myself. He was very distracted uh, and and he almost would spread himself um, thin and would have so many things going on that he, you know, wouldn't, you know, he'd get his people started on something. And then just yeah. be like, all right, you're on your own. Get it done. Because he would expect – because he knew if he was on his own, he would figure out how to get it done. So it's like you either sink or swim type of deal. And a lot of people – I mean, shit, when I was there, we had so much turnover because, because, of, because people, of that. Yeah, yeah. People would sink. You know, he would just get people started on one of his projects, and then, you know, he would disappear and go
0: start something else. <laughs> um, which is not great, to be honest. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of positive in, the, in that attitude. It's funny, yeah. like, how you – if you can pull out the positive from that, yeah, like, you'll be – you'll be exceptional but i think that like the one thing that he was probably He was probably off on was the fact that if you don't own the business, you don't give a shit like the owner of the business. Yeah, you can't ever expect anybody who works in the business to be like an owner. Exactly. Yeah. They Also, like they they don't care, and and they don't
1: know what they don't know either. And I think I think he just expected people, and I do the same thing. I just expect people to be smart enough to to figure the fuck out. Yeah, (laughs) which some people can. Yeah, but I
0: mean, like, you got to be sure that like if you're gonna if you're gonna have the attitude like they, you have to have somebody who can't figure it out. Yeah, and that's sometimes like if you if you overassume that they can. Like you're kind of being a shitty leader because then you're just leaving them out and then, right, yeah. right, yeah, 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 you're not helping them at all. Um, if you had to pick your favorite source to learn from, it could be a book, podcast, something you'd recommend people go check out. Uh, podcast
1: for sure. Podcast. Um, I started getting into uh, Jordan Peterson years ago on yeah. his books. However, his books are a bit heady to read. I find myself <laughs> like having to stop on them. Well, but he's, his, he's a heavy dude. Yeah, he's, yeah, very, he's a very heavy dude. He's very, smart dude. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, very intellectual. But his books, just the way they read, sometimes are like very difficult. So his podcast, though, I enjoy listening to his podcast. Um, the dialogue, the people that he brings on, and then I've got a few other guys that I've read. I like Andrew Clavin. It's one yeah. of my that's one of my favorite podcasts. Andrew Claven. Um, just because his perspective on he was like a Hollywood scriptwriter, and then now he's um just just the content and the way he is able to formulate his words and articulate his thoughts i think are just great and that's that's kind of how i aspire to be is like to be able to convey my message to people properly you know so i, I like listening to people who are good at that like jordan Peterson's probably the and best person Peterson's like the, the goat at that <laughs> yeah he's like the
0: most articulate person ever yes. yeah he's insane yeah um if you had to tell your 20 year old self one thing what would it be mm. Be a lot of things. I would tell my
1: (laughs) twenty-year-old self. Um, It would probably be balance. I think that's what I struggled with uh, early on in life is balance in everything. And to um, you know, for any vice you might have, you gotta you 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 got to outweigh that with some virtue. So, and I think that's where people you know go down the wrong path is. you know, they, they start, they don't, they don't balance things out. Right. I don't think I, I don't know where I want to go with this. Vice and Virginia like talked about this a little bit earlier, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I gotta, I hope we got all his swat off. Yeah, now.
0: Gotta, you can like, you can like <laughs> phone a friend. Like I don't give a shit. You can throw answers in. Yeah, right?
1: no, no, but yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Balance though. And also, um, I was always a hard worker, but I think I, uh, in my early twenties, I think I resented that I had to work so hard. Right, I saw other people just just get stuff so easy. Right, it, so I was not resentful. always though. you see it. You see it. I would yeah, see, see it. it. So I was very resentful in my twenties. So I would probably just yeah tell myself to drop that and also check your pride. That that's what killed me in my my early twenties too. Was my pride. I had uh, and when I checked my pride and and you know set my ego to the side, my life um, in every aspect as far as relationships,
0: business wise has. Exponentially, you know, improved. Yeah, no, good advice. Um, last Mm -hmm. question What does success mean to you? So, and and like, I watched your podcast, so I was thinking about this honestly for a couple
1: days trying to figure out what what does. Could have just copied an answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I was like, What does success mean to me? Because I don't, I don't view myself as that successful as a man. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe I built a business from nothing. However, I'm only, like I said, only now monetarily seeing success. But I don't, I don't really view uh, money as a tool of success. I think success for me is freedom of freedom of thought, freedom of action, knowing that every day when I wake up, um, uh, my life is mine, I dictate what is going to happen that day where I'm taking my life and having the, the freedom and the ability and the peace to be able to do that. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.